0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: For the Jets, Bob Leschusen with the play-by-play right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. It's Jake Asman with you till 9 o'clock. We'll get to your calls coming up here, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. If you are going to be positive about a Jet win, and look, you should be positive because it's hard to win, but there's also obviously some alarming things that occurred today. Brees Hall going off the way he did is certainly something that you should feel good about. He had 32 touches today, which is the most by a Jets player since Bilal Powell in 2016. And this was Brees Hall's second career game with 90 receiving yards and 90 rushing yards. It was at the game he did it last year against the Miami Dolphins in early October. So, Brees, Garrett Wilson, they have two fundamental building blocks on offense with Rodgers coming back and a whole lot of question marks about the rest of the offense. i throw Conklin in there, too. I think Tyler Conklin's a really good player as well a tight end. But they have two legitimate superstars in Brees and Garrett Wilson. Your calls right now on the Jets. Got a lot of people that want in, so we will get to everyone tonight at 800 919 And let's start it off with our guy, Ira, in Staten Island. What's up, Ira?
2: Hey, Jake. What's happening? Happy holidays. And, yeah, you know, everything you said, man, I I, I don't want to repeat everything you said, but I agree with absolutely everything you said. And it's the it's craziest thing because – I'm sitting there enjoying the game. And yet in the fourth quarter, as I see it dwindling away, and I'm I'm getting flashbacks of like these past games that franchises had over years, over, you know, for years. And it, it, I don't want to take away and I'm happy they won, but it does feel hollow. It it feels like a weird, it's like a weird type of win. I mean, you know, another yard or two out, chances are that ball hooks and, you know, they end up missing that field or we lose that game. The biggest the, the you know, it's funny, going to the game, I told uh, actually somebody from the Jets, I said, I'm going to this game, besides the fact that I always go to a home game, I'm going for one thing to watch Jacoby Brissett to see, in my mind, would he be good enough to be my backup quarterback? And I hope Joe Douglas figures that the same way. So Brissett basically beats, the, I mean, let's be honest, but Brissett beat the Jets today. And chances are Flacco is going to beat the Jets on Thursday night. So what does this come down to? This comes down to, un- unfortunately, bad luck with the offensive line and lack of judgment with Joe Douglas going in with the two tackles he had to start the season. And that's a bad reflection on the GM, and we're not even talking about the coach. Let's not even go there.
1: Ira, thanks for the call. I, I agree with you. And really, sometimes you don't want to, like, minimize, like, football being, like, the ultimate team sport. But really, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a shot. And the Jets have operated since Rodgers went down like, oh, the year is lost. And part of me understands that, look, no matter who they were going to bring in, they were never going to be a Super Bowl team without Rodgers. But, I mean, I was right. They just, they just completely punted on that position all year. And by the way, Jacoby Brissett was reportedly available at the trade deadline for a day three pick. That's the guy that should be the backup here next year. I hope Joe Douglas watched that and, I had the same thought that Ira and I had, that that guy should be the backup next year. It's tough. I mean, look, the offensive line injuries obviously are a major factor in why the Jets have had the year they've had. But let's not act like this O-line was coming into the year supposed to be great either. It wasn't. All right, this was the 12th different offensive line combination in 15 games. I get it. It is tough to win when that happens. But you heard Ira say it. They went into the year expecting Makai Becton and Dwayne Brown to be the starting tackles. You look at the debacle last week in Miami when that game mattered as far as still being alive in your season. The two worst offensive linemen for the Jets last week was Makai Becton, who was Joe Douglas's first ever pick, a first-round guy who's become, unfortunately, a bust. And the other guy is Lakin Tomlinson, who was Joe Douglas's high-price free agent signing. So, Yes, the O-line's had a tremendous amount of injuries, and a lot of it's poor luck, right? Connor McGovern's never missed a game as a Jet. Now he's missed most of the year. AVT never had an injury problem at USC, was healthy his rookie year. Last two years, has suffered freak injuries around week five, week six of the season that have ended his year. Like, some of it's bad luck, but some of it's also just poor personnel uh, and and poor decision-making. So Salah gets all the heat, but I can't wait to hear Joe Douglas talk at the end of the season. We haven't heard from Joe since the trade deadline, and not one reporter asked Joe Douglas about Zach Wilson during that press conference because the Jets had won three straight games. They were 4-3, and and the thought process was, well, Zach's now the quarterback the rest of the year, which is crazy to me how that was the thought process, that you wouldn't at least try to improve the quarterback room by trading a sixth-round pick for, say, Josh Dobbs or a day-three pick for Brissett. But the word I used in the open and the word that Ira used, hollow. That's kind of how today felt. Like, I'm thrilled in the first half that they were playing well. And if they were going to win, fine. But when you go out there and you blow a 20-point lead to the Washington Commies at home and you narrowly win, like, you feel good for the young players on the team they won. But it, it still leaves you with a lot of questions about this team. Got to take a quick break here, and we come back. We'll get right to your calls. Artie, Richard, Mike, Danny, Mike, coming to you guys next. Appreciate everyone taking the time to call in here on Christmas Eve. My name is Jake Asmonds. The Jake Asmonds Show with you for two more hours right here. It's 98.7 ESPN New York. This win, I will continue to use the word throughout the show tonight. This win felt hollow. It felt hollow, and I hate to be that guy. It was fun when it was trending towards the blowout. But watching this coaching staff melt down the way they did, and that includes the Jets defensive coaching staff, by the way. I praise the Jets defense. I think they're really, really good. I think they very rarely ever get help from the offense. Today they actually did. But they allowed Jacoby Brissett to carve them up when he came into this game today. All right, that's the fact. Like, you know. You have Jacoby Brissett taking over for Sam Howe with five minutes left in the third quarter, down 27-7, to and Brissett leads them on three straight touchdown drives. One of them, I'll give you, was aided by a horrendous pass interference call against D.J. Reed in the end zone, which was a joke. But the the commanders led in this game, and the Jets very easily could have blown it had, had Ron Rivera not been the coach opposite Robert Sala today. So I'm glad they won because I root for winning. I want to see the young players on this team be rewarded. You know, I understand people want to be fixated on draft positioning, and the Jets could have been picking as high as four, and right now they're down the nine. But you know what? You got to hit on the picks. All right, how often have we, as Jet fans, sat here late in the year rooting for losses? They end up winning a game or two they're not supposed to, or they end up still picking really high and they miss they miss on the pick no matter what. If Joe Douglas is good at his job, and I used to think he was, but now I have major doubts about that, they'll be able to find talent and hit on these picks. But this is a game today that just has you kind of being left with an empty feeling, to be honest. That's how I feel. I feel empty as a diehard Jet fan. I do. Because on one hand, you're seeing this first half going, where where has this been all year? And then, you know, the second half happens, you're like, ah, now I remember why the Jets have been eliminated from playoff contention in mid-December. But they won. And if you went to the game today, the true diehards, I, I'm glad you got to see a win. It didn't rain on you for once, which was nice. Because every Jet home game, seemingly, it's rained this year. But to all the the great Jet fans who made the trip, at least you got to see a win. And if you do want to focus on a positive, you saw Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson lead the way. And they have two foundational pieces on offense. They will get back Aaron Rodgers. And now Joe Douglas needs to realize everything about the offensive line, everything about adding to this receiver room next to Garrett, number two running back, next to Brace, that needs to be addressed. Otherwise, even with Rodgers, they will be better, but they will not be a Super Bowl contender. That's the bottom line. Let's get to your calls. A lot of people on hold. Appreciate everyone tuning in here on Christmas Eve. Jake Asman with you till 9 o'clock. You can reach us at 800-919-3776. Let's go to Danny in Centerport. Danny's up next. What's going on, Danny?
0: Hey, Jake. Happy holidays, man. Never spoke to you before, so it's a
1: pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for calling
0: in. Yeah, always, man. You know, listen, I, I support the station big time, the post games like Ira and, you know, the morning show. And, you know, listen, I, I'm rooting for this team for 45 years, Jake. I'm, I'm 54 years old. I mean, this goes back into my into deep heart of my roots, you know, as an eight, nine-year-old boy, you know, rooting for this team. And, you know, to, today started just like you said. I, I can't even add much to everything that you said, and Ira put it perfectly, hollow, I mean, listen, you're sitting there saying, hey, it's a good feeling, like you said, you know, seeing all these positive things from the younger guys. But, you know, my heart of hearts, I was sitting here saying, I could see what's happening here, right? We're, we'll win this game and we'll, we'll wind up missing out on, you know, a super talent, either a tackle or whatever position that we're looking for, probably by one or two picks, because that's just the way it goes for the Jets. And I'm sitting here saying, I don't, really don't want to win, but, you know, I hate to be that guy. Just like you said, Jake, you know, I hate to be that guy, you know, this is in this is in my dna you know it's crazy you know I'm a, I'm a dad and i've got two young daughters and life and all of this but being a jet fan is just what i enjoy it's what i've done since i'm a little boy there's a flag flying in front of my house from the minute football starts until the minute it ends and i wear my heart on my sleeve and i'm i'm so disgusted by what i've seen this year and what the could have and should have and all of that stuff and and here we are you know, in a game where you're saying, just like you said, you hit it all perfectly. You know, you're feeling good, and then and then you realize why this team is, was five and eight, and why there was no dreams because they just let things like this happen. You see the coaching start to come into play, and you see it all unfold in front of your eyes, and you say, God, here it is again. I can't believe we're going to lose to one of the worst teams in the league. And by all rights, right, you said it perfectly, Jake. If this is any other team today, we lose this game, and and. Who's gonna wake up from this? And you hit it again perfectly with with Bissette being being the, the the guy that they they should have gotten in here and didn't. They better have learned something here and realized that they need somebody here. And it, it's gonna take a collective, uh, it's gonna take a collective decision by everybody. But do you trust? everybody that's making the decision, and, and that's my problem. I want to trust Douglas. I feel like he's the right guy, right? I want to trust I want to trust Salah. I feel like he's a decent coach, but do I really, in my heart of hearts, do I trust these guys to make this decision moving forward? And it's just so frustrating. And you said it perfectly. I don't want to be the pessimistic guy. It's hard to get wins, but how could I not be, right? Hollow is perfect. How could I not be feeling discouraged after what I just saw? And I saw a win, and I'm st- discouraged and it's just a typical jet feeling on, on a christmas eve man
1: danny great call I, I i'm with you right and you asked you know do you trust joe douglas do you trust robert sala As you know, as a diehard jet fan i can't sit here and say i do but we don't have a choice right that's the problem that's why i did not understand even if it was always going to be this case i did not like the fact that the owner of this football team comes out today and says publicly on the record sala and, jo- and joe douglas are both back don't you don't you want to see how the last three games play out? Like if the Jets had lost this game today, right? Greg Zerline's kick goes a you know, a couple inches more to the left and they lose. We're not sitting here talking about a hollow win. We're sitting here saying how could you bring back this coaching staff even without Rodgers? It has been eye-opening how bad it's been. So it's just it's tough, man. I want to enjoy wins. I hate the like, you know, being like, "Oh, we we should be rooting for losses." But like even in a win today, you beat the crummy commanders, and you blew a 20-point lead, and you got lucky to win the game. I just, uh, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Like if This was like the Texans game from a couple weeks ago. Like, that was a fun game. Zach played well after the week he had. It was encouraging to see that. You know, Garrett Wilson had a monster day. Brees was awesome that game. Like, it was it was fun. That was a fun game. It came out of nowhere, and the Jets beat a good Texans team. But a game like today, you know, I can't be sitting here celebrating, you know, beating the Washington Commanders. Like, if you blew them out, great. But the second half of this game reminded you why we have so many issues with the coaching staff on this team and have major concerns about, you know, the general manager's ability to put this team together, even with a healthy Rodgers next year. But we have no choice. They're both, they're, they're both coming back, GM and coach. And the, my one hope is, you know, getting to the Woody comments from earlier, if you're going to bring back Nathaniel Hackett because Rodgers loves the guy, Can we please make him director of getting Aaron his coffee and hire a real offensive coordinator to come in? Or if Hackett needs the OC title, does he have to be the play caller? Right? He was not the play caller in Green Bay. He was the offensive coordinator, but Matt LaFleur called the plays there. Can the Jets have a similar structure where they bring in someone that could run the offense and Hackett could get Aaron his coffee, could play the clips of Austin Powers in the meeting room? But someone else could call the damn plays. Is that allowed? Are we allowed to do that? Because I don't know. When I see an offense that is historically bad, that has failed to score more than one offensive touchdown in, I believe it's now what, thirteen of their uh, sixteen games this year, or thirteen of their fifteen games. Like it's just, it's so bad. I mean, they've been they've been held without a touchdown. I know this because I was at two of the games this year in four offensive games. Right, Miami last week, Atlanta, back to back against the Chargers and the Raiders. You, like you can't, you can't tell me you're bringing everyone back and it's status quo after you go out there and have this type of year. I get it, Rodgers got hurt, but this year has been revealing in several other aspects about this roster and about this coaching staff. But we have no choice because the GM and coach are coming back and they're going to see it through. And we just got to hope that. Joe Douglas could have another great offseason, another great draft like he has shown the ability to do. And Robert Sala, and I'll play the clips coming up, Robert is talking about how he needs to get better as a head coach. All right. Well, actions will speak louder than words. What did you learn from this year? You got to just hope that these guys going into year four together next year will both be better based on this debacle of the season. Because even after a win today, no one's sitting here as a Jet fan feeling good about how things transpired, even with – the added caveat that we understand it was going to be tough when you lost Aaron Rodgers. More of your calls right now. Let's go to Artie in Brooklyn. Artie, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on, Artie? Hey, Jake. Thanks for taking the call. You know what? When, uh, when she had the uh, interception, I
3: told my granddaughter, okay, we're getting ready to go to leave. We're going to go eat. And then she throws the pick, and I said, we're going to have to stay. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there and I'm going, this is this child abuse? And then I'm waiting. I'm looking at the field goal and I'm going, I think we're better if he misses it. Yeah. Like the what the Redskins now are going to take our pick, just like last year, the uh, Steelers took our pick. You know. So why did I go to the game? Number one, eight dollars seats. Number two, I wanted to see our number one pick. Is off. Huff- They're signing off. Dude, they cannot put money. He's having a great year. The reason you drafted um, McDonald's is to take off his place. See, that's the thing. And people are calling about the offensive tackles. They had a plan that Vera Tucker was going to take the offense. And then he got hurt. And then another guy got hurt. Now, if you're telling me, Jake, okay, that after the Texas game that you said, that presets better than Zach Wilson. I don't know what you, I honestly don't know what you're looking at. Dude, we, you know what was coaching in negligence was freaking starting boil against the Falcons. That dude had, he had, uh, Garrett Wilson wide open for a touchdown. The game would have been over and he just stared at him. You know, if Wilson, you said if Simeon the quarterback, they would have won. If Wilson quarterback, they would have won. Definitely. Now you're Joe Douglas. You draft this kid. Sorry for the You draft this kid number two. You're telling me Dobbs Brissett? Um, whoever else you
1: I was, Artie, I was, I was because Zach wasn't playing well in those games though, Artie. We got to be fair. Like Zach had this great individual performance against the Texans. He's never played like that. that, Those other guys you mentioned have all been more consistent. Thank you for the call. I'll answer it like this. No, I'll answer it like this because I I think that's fair. I I would say yes. Yes, going into the year, I truly did believe this was the most talented Jet roster they've had since 2010. I I believed it. They were a contender that year. They went to the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. This, to me, was their most talented roster since. I think what happened, though, is without Aaron Rodgers, we got to see that this roster was not nearly as good as we thought it was going to be. The offensive line – before the injuries had a lot of question marks. That was exposed. Alan Lazard, I thought, was a better player than what he was. He's not any good. They gave him $14 million a year. He can't play. Right? They never found a role for me, Cole Hardman. He's not on the team. They never replaced Corey Davis. Like, this team that I thought was a lot better on that side of the ball, it actually was not nearly as good as I thought. And this year has has really allowed us as Jet fans to see that this roster was deeply flawed on that side of the ball. The defense is still very good. But, I, I like, a Dalvin Cook, I thought he was going to be a nice compliment to Bryce Hall. He's done nothing. He stinks. He's cooked. Right? So, y- yes, we felt better about the team, obviously, going into week one already. But now you look at the team, and this year has been eye-opening that, like, yeah, the roster is – you know, is not nearly as good as we thought. The defense is, but the offensive side of the ball certainly is and They got a lot of work to do this offseason. That's my big my big, uh, you know, worry with the Jets. It's a lot of things they got to get done. And they're naive if they think they're just a few pieces away, like what he said. Yes, Rodgers will help you. We understand that. But they need a lot. And as far as the Zach Wilson conversation, I can't do it tonight. I can't deal with the Zach Wilson truthers. I'm not doing it. I can't. It is what it is with Zach. He's had 34 career starts. We could probably point to three where he's been really good. Right? Does he have incredible talent? Of course he does. You don't get picked picked second overall if you're not talented. but he's just not consistent enough. He needs a fresh start, and the Jets can't go into an all-in year banking on Zach being the backup if, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers has to miss three to four games next year. If he has to miss the entire season, you're screwed no matter who your backup is. We understand that. We saw that this year, but they got to move on from Zach, and Jacoby Brissett is solid. He can run an offense. He's not a statue back there. We saw him use his legs a little bit today. That would be the perfect number two quarterback. More of your calls coming up. A lot of people want in. I want you guys also to hear from what Robert Sala said after the game when they asked him point-blank about why he thinks he's the right coach for this team moving forward. So a lot still to do tonight. It's Christmas Eve. Come hang out with us. Call in 800-919-3776. It's Jake Asman with you. You're listening to 98.7 ESPN New York.
3: This
0: is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: (laughs) Ah, that was Robert Sala. Being asked about Woody Johnson publicly saying he's coming back for 2024. Both Sala and Douglas will return for a fourth season together. And for Douglas, year six as the Jets GM, his fifth full offseason. Because, you know, the Jets happened to hire Joe Douglas in June of 2019 after they allowed Mike McCagden to spend all the money in free agency and run the draft that year. Because, of course, Jake Asman with you here, 98.7 ESPN New York. More of your calls. Coming up as the Miami Dolphins have just done something they have not done all year. They beat a good football team. Dolphins behind a last second kick just defeated the Cowboys twenty-two to twenty. So the Dolphins are now eleven and four. They've clinched the playoff spot, taking another step towards winning the AFC East. The Cowboys drop to ten and five. They've lost back to back to the Bills and to the Dolphins. So obviously a big result there. And with the Eagles playing the Giants tomorrow, it feels like the Eagles basically could take a stranglehold on the NFC East if they beat the Giants tomorrow in Philadelphia. A lot to get into with the Jets. You heard the comments there from Robert Sala. Look, he talks about how there's a lot of things that he needs to be better at and he needs to learn from. I sure hope. I sure hope because even on a day like today where the Jets won, this was a poorly coached game by the Jets. It was. They won. Great. I'm happy to see Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson, even Jason Brownlee find the end zone. Quincy Williams have a big interception. Tony Adams, who's going to be joining uh, Maria Moreno and myself when we fill in for Rick and Dave on Tuesday. Tony Adams will be coming on with us. He had a great pick. But this was ugly and a poorly coached game by the New York Jets. So I'm glad they won because I don't root for losses, but the win does feel a bit hollow as a diehard Jet fan. Let's go to Mike in Miami. Mike, you're first up this segment. Thanks for holding, Mike. Happy holidays. What's going on?
4: Hey, happy holidays, Jake. Always good to speak to you. A, a subscriber to your YouTube channel. Uh, love the job you're doing. Um, let me start off on a negative. My gosh, I just lost my appetite. As you mentioned, the Dolphins won. I watched that game. was watching that game. Unbelievable. I, uh, they, they're, they're false. They're, I'm not convinced with Miami. But to the previous caller, Artie, um, I'm not going to get on Zach. I don't want to just make this a Zach thing, but I don't know what he's been watching the last three years. Zach Wilson stinks. So for the Zach truthers out there, um, go out, go wherever he goes. God bless him. Good luck. He stinks. He's hot garbage. The reason why the Jets are in the mess that they are, and I like to hear, I hear all the media talking about Robert Sala. His record is 16 and 32, or whatever it was. Um, Hey, he has no quarterback. He's had no quarterback. Let's not judge him on the first year, okay? And I'm in full agreement with Woody bringing back Douglas and Salah. Not that they're perfect, but you need some stability at the franchise. We're not going to start all over again, Jake, okay? Joe Douglas has done some very good things and brought in talent. Forget Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, which are home runs. I hear you with um, Lakeland Tomlinson. I hear you with the offensive lineman, um, Beckden the problem is he missed the, the biggest position, Zach Wilson. A good quarterback cures all ills. Notice, no, zero sacks today. The offensive line wasn't a problem today, wasn't a problem two weeks ago when they beat the Texans. It's only when you have that non quarterback running around like a chicken without a head, trying to be playing hero ball, and he stinks. My last point to you on this, Zach. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jake. I don't care. And I and I'm glad Amory Rodgers is on this team, but like you, okay, I know you do your show from Houston, but like you, I'm a lifelong Jet fan. The Jets have to look long term on that first pick in the first round. This is a quarterback deep draft. If they pass up on what could possibly be two or three franchise quarterbacks, when you have to face Josh Allen, Tua. And you know New England's going to take a quarterback, probably Drake May. That would be malpractice on their part, not to go get a guy who I think I really love, Jaden Williams, okay? They have to take a quarterback and let him sit back on the first. You could get an offensive lineman down in the in draft. Do not pass up on a quarterback with that first round um, draft choice. Mike. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank you for the time.
1: Appreciate the call. A couple things. One. I'm back in New York, baby. I I was in Houston for five years, but I am now back in New York, and I will be in studio with Maria Marino all next week, filling in for Dave and Rick. And two, no, I don't want the Jets to draft a quarterback in the first round. Are you kidding me? Why should Joe Douglas get another crack at drafting a quarterback in an all-in year next year? No way. Here, Here's what the Jets need to do, right? Because I agree with part of your call. Zach Wilson's not the guy. Whether he was failed by poor coaching or he's just not any good, I think the reality is – He's not the answer here. He's not. And I don't think he's any good, and I think we could blame everyone but the quarterback who historically has no one to compare himself to. Like, you compare Zach Wilson's stats through 34 career starts versus anyone, there's no comp. No one's ever been as bad as Zach has been for as many starts as he's been allowed to start. All right? He is white Jamarcus Russell, for being honest. But I don't need to dump on Zach Wilson on Christmas Eve. He's not on the team next year. It is what it is. But Joe Douglas doesn't get to pick another quarterback. What he should do is sign the guy that carved up his defense today in the second half, Jacoby Brissett, as the backup. You have Aaron Rodgers for two years because Rodgers has already said he's playing next year and the following year, so they're not going to go quarterback in round one, but they should draft the quarterback on day three of the draft. Find the guy with potential that could sit and be QB3 for an entire year next year learning behind Aaron Rodgers. That's what you do. You take a dart throw on a quarterback every year. Look at the quarterbacks in the NFL. Half of them were not first-round picks that are starting for teams right now. See if you could find your Brock Purdy or your Kirk Cousins or your Dak Prescott or your Jalen Hurts. None of those guys were first-round picks. That's what I would do. And Douglas has done a lot of good things. But here's the thing that you could kill him on. He's been the Jets' general manager since June of 2019. How's the Jets' offensive line looking five years later? It's not any good. And sure, they've had injuries, but a lot of the guys that have gotten hurt had injury pass. At least some of them did. Mackay Becton, you banked on him. Well, shocking, since his ankle sprain, he hasn't been the same guy. Dwayne Brown's 40 years old. You banked on him coming off shoulder surgery. They've already admitted they rushed him back too soon to be ready for week one. That's on him. Also, Joe Douglas. He brings in Roger Saffold before the trade deadline. Remember, they didn't trade for Ezra Cleveland. They signed Roger Saffold. Where is he? Where's Roger Saffold, Joe? That was the guy they signed that day, and Schefter reported it's to be elevated to the 53. Oh, we got Roger Saffold. He can't even crack the lineup, and this Jets offensive line is abysmal, and he can't get in there. Doesn't make any sense. So Douglas has done some good, believe me. We watched a lot of that good today with Brees and Garrett Wilson totally take over this game for the Jets. But as a Jet fan who's been a Joe Douglas defender at times, we got to call a spade a spade. He's had some questionable moves, and he's been here long enough where the O-line should not be this bad. I mean, now the Jets enter this offseason needing a receiver and two tackles. It's the same thing we said last year. And this past off season is an abomination, if we're being honest. Dalvin Cook, how's that signing? Alan Lazard, Mecole Hardman not replacing Corey Davis, restructuring Carl Lawson. I mean, I, I, I like Douglas. He's done more good than bad, I think, overall. And the reason why he is getting another year is because of the Rodgers injury. Same thing with Salah, but still, there's a lot of question marks with the Jets. It's not as simple as just Rodgers comes back and everything is fixed. And when I read comments today from the owner on the record saying, quote, the offense needs a few paces. I want to keep the continuity going with Aaron and the team we got. Like I said a year ago, we need a quarterback. We had a quarterback for four plays. Since then, we haven't been able to replace him. I mean, I just I don't subscribe to that. If they're not just a quarterback away, and my fear is the Jets are going to operate as if they are just a quarterback away. 800 919 is the number to be a part of the show. If you're listening on 98.7, reminder you can always catch us on the ESPN New York app or say to your smart speakers, hey, Alexa, play ESPN New York. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on? <laughs> Merry Christmas.
5: Hi, Jay. Thank you. Uh, I'm a simple fan. We won today. That's all that matters. They came back and won it. They could have folded up the cards and just gone home after Washington took the lead. They came back and won the game. So we're 6-9. and nine. Now, we go to Cleveland, we're going to be at least a 12-point underdog, probably 14 or 15, You think I it's going to be
1: that high with Flacco, at quarterback? Yeah,
5: yeah. The way Cleveland's been playing, sure. Yeah. Playing on a Thursday night in their stadium,
1: come on. I, I, I'm just yeah. saying, I mean, just to hear I, that out well, I loud. Think I, I could
5: that be they, wrong. It doesn't matter. No, no but
1: if but we Richard, win. Think, Hold on, Richard. I'll let you finish yeah. because I, I, I do go really ahead, enjoy your call. I'm sorry. I, I'm just saying. Like, think about what you just said out loud. The Jets, in a year in which they were all in to win a championship, might be a 12- or 13-point underdog against Joe Flacco on Thursday. That's a very depressing thing I just heard come out of your mouth. Uh, doesn't it doesn't
5: matter if we win Thursday and then beat New England. Now, that's what fans do. We fantasize. I don't think of fandom. I think of fantasize when I think of fan. The best thing that pop because this is what I live for, to watch this stuff. They, and by the way, uh, Simeon has to play Thursday night. You have to reward him with the game. I don't want to hear that. Not because of the way Zach's been playing, but because this guy just won. I go, I stay with the hide hand. I don't change anything. We go with Simeon. If we win Thursday night and we beat New England ten days later, we finish 8-9. and nine. To me, 8-9, and nine, three wins at the end, that's a successful season without my starting quarterback. And then with all the publicity you throw in, I mean, this has been the most publicized bad football team I've ever seen watching in all my life watching this. They've been so publicized. So much has been said about the Jets and the fans calling, and it's been wonderful listening to all this stuff. But if we finish 8-9, we go into next season with Rodgers coming, I think it'll be a fantastic, fantastic off season. I think all this stuff about Z- uh, Salah, and uh, Douglas will all be forgotten. And we're going to be just dreaming of good, positive things because we finished eight and nine without our start- starting quarterback. We finished on a high note. Listen, to, uh, uh, Jake, I think that this can happen. I don't, you know, it's not likely. It's going to be tough. But, you know, why don't we dream? And it gives me reason to watch the game Thursday night. If they would have lost tonight, I probably wouldn't watch Thursday night. So this gives me reason, and, you know, this is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that it keeps going and then we can beat New England. So that's all I'm hoping for, and that's what keeps me going as a fan. I don't worry about next year's draft. I don't worry about who they should have drafted. I don't worry about where Joe Douglas or Salah. They're the guys leading us right now. Let's follow them, and let's just hope we can win on Thursday night. Jake, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'll call you in during the week, too.
1: Thank you, Jake. Richard, I appreciate the call. I I, I do think you've had a lot of eggnog tonight, which is fine. It is Christmas Eve, but I can't, I can't picture, one, the Jets winning Thursday, but then they're going to finally beat the Patriots for the first time in 15 tries. But say that does happen, Richard, and we're on this fantasy, to use your words. Me, as a Jet fan, is not going to forget about the fact that when the Jets actually were still alive, in playoff contention, had a chance to have this maybe pipe dream, but still was a dream of Rodgers returning early from this injury, not at 100%, but still playing quarterback. I'm gonna remember when the Jets showed up in Miami to take on a Dolphins team missing three starters on their offensive line and their best player in Tyree Kill, and the Jets lost 30 to nothing in that game when they were still alive. These wins now, like. I, I don't know if we should be taking that much from them. Now, they beat Cleveland, that would be an impressive win. I don't see how that happens, though. Have you seen the Cleveland defensive line against this Jets O-line? They're going to have problems. But still, like, 8-9, and nine, yeah, you look at the record, and yeah, you lose Rodgers four plays in, you still win more games than you won last year. Sure, the Jets finish 8-9, I might have a different feel on this team. But I don't know, man. I can't sit here and then just erase what we have seen from this offense this year what we have seen from Nathaniel Hackett, what we have seen from Todd Downing, the pass game coordinator, Keith Carter, the O-line coach. I don't know. And we really don't have choices here. A a choice as a Jet fan, because Robert Sala is coming back. And Joe Douglas is coming back. So we have to trust them and just hope for the best. But I have major doubts about both, and it's a shame, because I felt like going into the year, they had the right people in place. And maybe Aaron Rodgers truly can come back and be elite and... The rest will take care of itself, but they're going to need to add pieces around them. It can't just be your plug and play Rodgers and all as well. There's no way. I think what will likely happen is the Jets will maybe win one of their next two, and it would probably be that New England game. But who knows? Now, I'll say this before we get the break, and I want more of your calls coming up at 800 919 3776. I'd be shocked if Zach Wilson starts on Thursday. One, he's still in the concussion protocol and with a short week, is he really going to be able to pass it in time to play Thursday night? And two, if you're Zach Wilson, do you really want your first game back to be back in primetime against a Browns defense that's led by maybe the best pure pass rusher in the league in Miles Garrett? you really want that? I would take another week if I'm Zach, and I wouldn't even blame him. You know, he got killed for the report in The Athletic that he was reluctant to play. I wouldn't blame Zach Wilson if he's reluctant to come back after being concussed for this game on Thursday. And I don't even think he's going to be cleared. So I think it's going to be Trevor Simeon against the Browns. And if you remember, Jet fans, Trevor Simeon broke his leg in a primetime game against the Browns in 2019 when Gase was the coach when they played week two of the season on Monday Night Football. Because Darnold was out with motto. So then Simeon breaks his leg that night. In comes the Luke Falk era of Jets football. Who remembers that? God. Sorry to ruin people's Christmas Eve by mentioning that guy's name. 800-919-3776. More of your calls coming up. Want to talk about the rest of what happened in the NFL as well, plus more on what Robert Sala said after the game today about things he needs to do better at, now knowing he is, in fact, going to be the Jet head coach for a fourth season next year. Jake Asma with you. We're with you till 9 o'clock. Your calls and much more is coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is
3: the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Bob in with the play-by-play of, as you heard there, Jason Brownlee's first-ever NFL touchdown. How about it? Jets win today. Wasn't easy, but they do win 30-28. to 28, The final score. If you want in on the conversation as we continue to talk all about it, you certainly can, 800-919-3776. It's Jake Asman with you until 9 p.m. tonight. So, Joe Leo, my producer, is a diehard Jet fan. And, Joe, you did something that I think maybe a lot of fans potentially did today. You watched the first half of the game, and then you went out on Christmas Eve with your family. You thought the Jets had it in the bag of 27-7. to 7. And then next thing you know, this is a crazy game down to the wire. When did you realize that the Jets were nearly about to blow this game? Because I know you were checked out at halftime thinking the game was in the hand.
2: I wasn't completely checked out, but I was, you know, scoreboard watching as a lot of people do at at the dinner table in times like
1: these. So I would probably say around the 17 mark when, when Washington got to 17 points. So that then I was like,
2: my eyebrows raised, and my girlfriend looked at me and went, oh, boy, what, what's up? And I, I was like, the, the, the Jets are going to jet this game. And uh, gladly they didn't. You know, I'll take a win because I don't really think it's going to affect the playoff, or the playoff, the uh, draft
1: pick that much. Because of what we truly need with all the quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison coming out. There will be an a edge rusher that somebody will fall in love with at the Combine. So
3: The best offensive tackle or or guard I think will be there at
1: 7 or 8. I think that's probably the best, like, positive spin you can have on it for the worried about the draft pick crowd. One, it's a crapshoot anyway. Uh, And and to everyone bring it up, oh, well, they're not going to be able to get Joe Alt, who's supposed to be, like, the best O-lineman in this class, the guy from Notre Dame or Olin Fershanu, the guy from Penn State. Just two years ago, I heard football fans tell me, well, Evan Neal is a can't-miss offensive line prospect. Ask a Giant fan how they feel about Evan Neal right now. Or remember, Akeem Okwana was mocked to the Jets a lot a couple of years back in that same draft class. They got to take Icky at number four. He's the best tackle prospect available. They need him. Well, they took Sauce Gardner, and I would say that's worked out just fine. So no, nobody really knows. And by the way, Akeem Okwana has been brutal as well. So – Look, the draft is ultimately a crapshoot. The Jets right now are picking at number nine. There's a chance that they lose the next two. They still could be picking anywhere from five to where they are now. Who knows? If Joe Douglas is good at his job, and right now a lot of Jet fans are questioning it, he should be able to find a good player no matter what. So I agree with Joe Leo, who essentially just said they need an offensive lineman. There's more than just two good tackles in this draft class. They'll end up with someone. That's kind of where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. If Joe Douglas is good at his job, he will ultimately figure it out. And and you know what? He better figure it out because he's coming back next year, but he's not getting another year if this doesn't work next year. Regardless, whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, I think what we need to establish is this. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas get next year to make the playoffs and win at least one playoff game or they're out. Maybe making the playoffs would be enough, right? I got to see what it looks like if that happens. But if they're not an 8 next year, they're the 7th seed and losing the first round. How are you bringing everyone back? So we got to see what it looks like. But this is a Jet team that's talking about the Super Bowl, this and that. You know what? Make the playoffs first before we have those conversations and go on a run. That's the other thing with Robert Sala I want to bring up. But then I'll get back to your calls because this, this annoyed me this week too as a Jet fan. Robert Sala was asked about Aaron Rodgers committing to the Jets for next year and the following year when he went on the Pat McAfee show and said that he plans on playing the next two seasons. And then Robert Sala said, shoot, you know, I think he's going to play till the wheels fall off, but if he goes out there and wins the Super Bowl next year, he could ride off into the sunset. Could we stop talking about the Super Bowl if you're Robert Sala and you're 17-33 as a coach? And it's not all him, I like Sala. I think he's a nice guy. I genuinely do think he's a good person. You know, I'm not, you know, texting with him on the side, But I think he's a good dude. But I I, I don't need to hear from the head coach talking about, you know, Rodgers winning a Super Bowl and riding off into the sunset. Like, just just win games next year, right? Just make the playoffs because if they don't, I don't care what happens at quarterback or what injuries they have. There's no excuses. You're getting a mulligan year because Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the fourth play in the year. So Woody Johnson's bringing back Sawa and Douglas. But they better win next year. That's it. I'm tired of the Jets being the butt of jokes. I'm tired of the Jets being eliminated this time of year. They only have the longest playoff drought in North American sports. Oh, they only haven't had a winning season in eight years. But don't worry, GM and coach are getting a mulligan year. Like you say that out loud, it sounds stupid. I get why they are, but it's frustrating as a Jet fan this year that we're having. More of your calls right now. Let's go to Mr. Bonesy in NYC. What's up, Bones?
6: Hey, Henry and my
1: God, Jason, what's going on, buddy? Bones, what's going on?
6: Oh, just another, another day in jet life. You know, we uh, we play this game. We go into halftime with 27-7, feeling good. All I hear about, you know, I'm a big, solid guy in the defense. We just need a lead, and they they blew the lead. But at least they pulled it out because I am a fan that does like to get a win at the end of the day, like you keep saying. If Joe Douglas is good at his job and he has proven to us that, you know, he's hit or miss, but he does hit on some good draft picks. we can't forget about just last year, Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year. So he can hit. You know, we know he's hit on uh, Brees Hall and he can hit on some guys in the late round. So let's let Joe Douglas do his job. Hopefully, who cares where where we spot off? There's more than two uh, tackles in the draft. We we can be patient and we'll get our guys. Let's trust them to make the moves. And, you know, we needed to win. We needed to win just because we're just fans. We, we're sick of losing. I still feel good from it. And, you know, let's just, let's just ride these next few games out. At least the players showed up because we were questioning that. We were a little worried if it was going to be a tobacco like Miami. At least the players came to play. And, you know, we got to see some young talent show out in the first half, which is always a great thing, you know.
1: Bonesy, good call. Thanks to Mr. Bonesy. For a little positivity. Look, I'll say this, too, about Joe Douglas. The one thing people will point to, besides just the 2022 draft, is something he's done well, is his, his, his trades as a whole. And obviously the Jamal Adams trade was a major win for the Jet franchise, one of the best trades of all time. Sam Darnold for a second and a fourth is a great trade. Chris Herndon for a fourth is a great trade. But I think an underrated aspect of Joe Douglas as a GM has been his trades in the draft. He traded up for AVT. He traded up for Jermaine Johnson. So to those Jet fans who are bummed that they're going to drop some spots with the win today, if the Jets truly love a player, what's stopping Joe Douglas from moving up in the first round? Now, I think the dangerous aspect of where the Jets are at right now is by bringing both GM and coach back and what is going to amount to an all-in year, You have to hope that Douglas is not stupid as far as mortgaging the future just to win next year. Like, they they need to win next year, but they can't be trading away, you know, hypothetically speaking here, multiple first-round picks to move up some spots to get, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. or overpay to get Devontae because, well, if it doesn't work, I'm going to be fired. I'm not going to be here, so who cares what the picks end up being? Like, that can't be the mentality from the general manager. I don't know if it will be, though. See, that, that's the danger, and the Jets is running it back now in an all-in year. On one hand, you keep the, the GM and coach on the same timeline, which is smart. You couldn't fire one and not the other. Woody already made that mistake a decade ago when he got rid of Mike Tanabom, replaced him with with John Izzik, and Izzik never wanted to work with Rex, and it was a mess. It never worked. Never was going to work. So you're keeping everyone on the same timeline by bringing both back, but now the pressure on them to win next year is enormous. And I'm not going to sit here and say it shouldn't be. It should be. Uh, this team hasn't won. all right. And even without Rodgers, I think it's foolish just to say, well, he fixes everything. No, there there are major flaws on this roster that need to be fixed. But you have to hope that the aggressiveness we're going to see from the Jets is not going to be something that ultimately costs them by being too aggressive and it messes up their future. We'll get right back to your calls at the top of the hour. Got one hour left in the show. It's Shake Asman with you here on 98.7 ESPN New York.